I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What is up, Steeler fans? Welcome back to another episode of The Hangover. I'm Daniel. Alongside with me is Shannon White. Shannon, how are you doing? You know, a day after a very frustrating loss. How are you doing today, my man? Still trying to recover. Yeah, it was It was definitely the definition of a frustrating loss. 100% from, from the had, word uh, go. said last week that watching the Steelers is just no fun anymore. Yeah, it just... <laughs> I said last week it was just no fun anymore, and yesterday was no fun at all. Yeah, yesterday was definitely a lack of fun that was uh, involved in that game. You know, from the word go, from the first drive, a couple of drop passes, one that could have gone for deep, and it just kind of spiraled out of, you know, out of that. You know, maybe not out of control. I think the Steelers were in, in this game for the majority of the game, but, you know, just couldn't hold on, couldn't hold on. But you know what? Pittsburgh Steelers are still in second place. Yeah, I, I want to say the feeling around Steeler Nation is that we're like in last place in the North. Um, what are, what are your, how do you feel? Do you think that it's a, um, I don't know, maybe a, a mirage of, of being in second place? Remember when we went 11-0 and and everybody was saying it was the worst 11-0 and team? Is that, is that what's going on here? Oh, to me, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, it's very similar. Um You know, I look at this team, now they've played seven games. And they are almost 800 yards uh, behind. They've they've given up 800 more yards than they've gained. Uh, They're the only team even close to that. And yet they have a four and three record. It's it's just so bad. It's bad football. Yeah. once, you know, for years, they've been top heavy. For years, it was, you know, the killer bees carried the team and they didn't have a lot of defense. Now, you know, it's more defense, but they don't have no offense at all. But the problem is the defense is ranked 30th. And the offense is ranked 31st going into the game. So if you look at the defense, they're opportunistic. They do get turnovers and they force turnovers, but that's the only thing that keeps them in the games is these splash plays because they're giving up a lot of yardage. And so yesterday we got to see 
no Levi Wallace. And Joey Porter, Porter Jr. got the start, and he did really well. Mm-hmm. But what did the Jaguars do? They attacked the safeties. They went after Kazee and Neil. Because there's so many weak spots, and it's easy for these teams to exploit them when they have a quality offensive coordinator and a quality quarterback. So, again, if the Steelers don't make drastic changes, and I mean drastic changes, and I would love to see a trade here before the deadline. But if they don't make drastic changes, I'm afraid they're going to finish last in the division this year. It's a good possibility. I mean, they're going in that direction. The The offensive output is just horrendous. You know, when I was watching the game, there was a point where the Steelers were plus three in turnovers and losing the game. And I was, I was just yeah. dumbfounded by that. Dumbfounded by it. And, and, and we'll transition into, you know, Coach Tomlin's press conference today. You know, he basically said something to the effect that the turnovers that the defensive, the defensive team got weren't um, – they didn't put the offense in an advantageous position. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, if it wasn't for the defense – Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we wouldn't have won a game this year. You know, why do you think Tomlin babies this offense? Oh, he don't want to admit he's wrong. I mean, yeah. he everybody wants to blame the Roonies, but I think that Matt Canada is still being there is all Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Tomlin hired him in the first place. They developed a relationship because of Tomlin's son playing uh, in Maryland, and that's where they got to know each other. And we all have friendships and build relationships, and that was fine. But it's it doesn't even matter who the quarterback is. You talked about the beginning of that game, they had a touchdown possible on the first play and it went right off your wide receiver's hands. Now, was that a perfect throw? It was a little high, but when you're throwing it 40 yards downfield, it's hard to put it exactly on the money. It hit him in both hands. And as we know, if there's, if it's not a contested catch and it hits a professional NFL receiver in both hands, you got to catch that ball. And, you know, if, if your quarterback's struggling, you got to give him some help. The offensive line is not playing well at all. They're not blocking well. They're starting their own people, which we've talked about before. The receivers are nothing special. You got one guy who could be special, but he's got to mature more. And he did a lot of talking this week, and he didn't back it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have one guy who could have made a big play or two and couldn't hold on to the ball. Um, the tight ends of this offense with this coordinator are non-existent. Don't even need them out there. It, it's 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 hard to describe how inept this offense is. Yeah. And when yeah, I say the defense is ranked thirtieth, I'm in no way putting all the blame on the defense. Here's what everybody's got to realize: the defense is the highest paid defense in the NFL, and all that money is in TJ Watt. I Smith, uh, Cameron Hayward, and Megan Fitzpatrick. Now, two of those guys are out injured right now. Mm-hmm. And Watt is injured. And again, he did not look like TJ Watt yesterday. If you go back and watch, TJ Watt was getting blocked by a tight end. Yeah. A lot of plays, one on one. That never happened in the past. TJ Watt destroyed a tight end. Yeah. Now, yeah, something happened. And yesterday, he was being blocked one on one. That heel is bothering him. It's definitely bothering him. Yeah, no, he he's not been, in my opinion, he, something's been up with TJ Watt since since the Texans game. In the Texans game, he was getting blocked one on one with wide receivers. Yep, yep. And you know, after that, it, I don't know, maybe something had you know, something small happened in that game, and, and and then it progressed. But yeah, you're absolutely right. There is something does seem a little bit off with TJ. Um, you know, in my opinion, though, you know, when the coach goes out there and just babies the offense, you know, to kind of go back to that, it's – I don't understand it. I mean, if you were a defensive player, right, if you were, you know, a middle linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cole Holcomb, and, and you're going out there doing your your darnest and, and 
you know, if you have just a competent offense to maintain the possession of the ball, I mean, I think the Steelers had four three and outs to start the game again. Yep. You know, if, if you have just an offense competent enough to stop, you know, to 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 hold on to the ball, you know, I, I think that those stats against the defense are probably there because of the amount of time that they're out there. You know, yeah. just so many plays and so many times that the uh, opposition is just throwing the ball, throwing the ball. They're eventually going to get a catch. They're eventually going to get a break, a big play or, or, or things like that. And the defense is eventually going to get tired. And, you know, so even though the Steelers defense is ranked 30th, I think if they had just a mid-level offense, you know, this defense would probably be ranked in the top 15, no doubt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it comes down to the offense. And, you know, yesterday we saw Kenny Pickett play half a game. He gets he gets out with a rib injury, doesn't come back in. They show him throwing the ball on the sideline. Didn't look like he had any velocity on the throw. No, no. You know, short week. Um, you know, some of the sports beat writers are saying that, you know, you should expect Pickett to play on Thursday. How confident are you in, in, in Kenny Pickett playing injured and seeing that, you know, his, his throwing has been affected by it? Yeah, when he was throwing the ball, you could just tell, you yeah. know, a guy, if you don't have a big arm, you got to rely on your fundamentals to create torque. Well, if you've got a, any kind of uh, chest injury, rib injury and pain and discovered it's going to affect your ability to really twist and turn in and create torque. Um, I mean, I'm hoping he can play. I'll be honest. And I wrote about it in the sock report article today. I believe the Steelers would have come back and won that game. If Pickett would not have been injured. He was starting in the second quarter to find his rhythm. He was moving the ball better and they were moving down the field prior to his injury. And in that, in the second half, Trubisky was off. I mean, here, you know, everybody's been screaming, play Trubisky, play Trubisky. Well, Trubisky's in there. Guess what he looked like? Just like he did last year in the first three games. It's not the quarterbacks. Now, they're not great, none of them. Pickett has potential to be something, but he's not there. But can he reach that level? He does have clutch ability which is the hardest thing to find. But he's got to have a competent offensive game plan, which they do not have. And, he, you know, and it puts so much pressure on them. When they miss an opportunity, they get a sack, they get a penalty, it kills the drive. But just think about it, Daniel. Ten plays in the, in the first quarter. Six shotgun snaps, all passes. Four regular snaps, under center, all runs. I mean, if it's any more predictable than that, you're going to have to explain it to me. I've never seen anything like this. It's not an NFL caliber game plan. Right. Now, I understand that. And and I'm not, you know, when I say this, I by no no means think that Matt Canada is, is a great offensive coordinator um, or any of those things. But, I mean, look at what, what, uh, what, you know, t- Tennessee's rookie quarterback did, you know, they've had other quarterbacks out there and yet we haven't seen, you know, Kenny come up anywhere close to what he did in his first game. And, and Kenny's played 20 games at this point, you know, at some point, you know, you would think that if, if Kenny is the guy that he would elevate everybody around him and outplay the coaching. And it, it's not happened yet. It's not happened at all for, for more, you know, more than a quarter. Now, last you know, this well, last do you game. think that that you can compare the Steelers' running game and the Steelers' offensive line to the Titans with Derrick Henry? Uh, do the Steelers have anybody you can compare to Hopkins, who had right, three no. touchdowns yesterday? I, right. I mean, no, I understand that, but but I, you also have it's you it's, have you have three other quarterbacks only, there or two other quarterbacks in Tennessee. You know, yeah, Malik but Willis, Mark, but Willis did nothing. Yeah, and Willis then Tannehill was wasn't doing that. Yeah. So at a certain point, the talent of the player also has to be in consideration. I think that when you have a, a subpar offensive coordinator, you have maybe a mediocre at best quarterback. I mean, we're not seeing any offensive plays. We're, I mean, the scoring is horrible. You know, the, the this team is being compared to Tim Tebow, where it was Tebow time, where all he did was turn it on in the fourth quarter. You know, that's exactly what Kenny Pickett is doing. And, you know, how long did Tebow last in the league as a starting, you know, quarterback? 
he was a first, you know, first round quarterback as well. I think taking around 15. So with all that said, you know, there was a pass to Deontay Johnson that was so far behind him. I know he fell down in the end zone, but that was horrible. That was like six, seven yards behind him. Then you had the underthrow with George Pickens. And, you know, I just think that, you know, if you look at probably the stats between Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, and Mitch Trubisky, and erase the names and look at a, I don't know, a 10-game sample size, you might be able to tell which one's Mitch Trubisky because of all the yards and interceptions. But with probably Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph, you probably couldn't tell which one was which. You know, so what I, are you going to do? You know, I, I don't know what, what – what. You got three quarterbacks, but you really don't have one. If Kenny Pickett isn't yeah. the answer, you don't have a quarterback. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't I don't think that they do. I'll be honest. I, I, I don't. I feel that he's missed a lot of plays, a lot of guys that are open. There's been multiple occasions where he's staring at a receiver who's open. The concept is there. It, you know, one of them was, was a uh, slant pass to George Pickens. And this was against, I believe, the Raiders. He's looking at him. He winds up to throw. And instead of throwing, he just runs around and runs into pressure and gets sacked. Now, I will say that he's kind of slowed down that aspect, the running out of the pocket uh, and getting, and running into pre- uh, into sacks. Not saying he's completely dissolved that from what we've seen, but he's that is not as, as bad as it was in the beginning of the season. But there's but times... But I think like- that everybody's wanting to... Place all the blame on the quarterbacks, regardless of who the quarterback is. I don't care who the quarterback is. I just want the Steelers to find another quarterback. Because I remember the years between Bradshaw and Ben, and they're no fun. Yeah. And I want them to find another quarterback because until you have a quarterback, you're just wasting time. And I I don't care if it's Kenny Pickett or not. All I'm saying is he's the first-round pick, and they need to find out this year if he's the guy. The problem is you've got the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL, the worst I've ever seen. And I've watched football for a long time. And every team says we know what was coming. We were calling on and out. They checked out and run a place because they were calling out what they were getting ready to do. So, I mean, if everybody sees it and everybody still says, okay, it's Kenny Pickett, they got two huge problems. You're going to have to get a new offensive coordinator after the season, and you're going to have to get another quarterback, and it ain't going to be cheap. So uh, if that's the case, you don't need the highest paid defense in the NFL. You don't need T.J. Watt because that guy costs major money. And we're starting to see the injuries piling up, just like happened with J.J. Cam Hayward's past his prime. We know that. I would Mm -hmm. like to see him win a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh, but it ain't looking good. Uh, Megan Fitzpatrick is is really good, but the way they're using him, he ain't living up to his splash play ability because they didn't keep Edmonds, and now he's having to be Edmonds 2.0. And Highsmith, where's he been the last three games? I mean, yesterday, before he was at least getting pressures, yesterday he was just there. So if, if either Pickett's the answer and you build around him or you're starting all over, you know, and, and I think that might be something that is possible. I mean, you look at who, who drafted Pickett. I mean, it was uh, Tomlin and Colbert. Now you have the combination of Omar Khan and, and Andy Weidel. They're not married to Pickett. That wasn't their pick. So there's they don't need to hold on to him. And if you're going to go out there and you're going to get a offensive coordinator, what do we know? We know that Mike Tomlin is a defensive-minded quarter, uh, uh, coach and – you know, from, to the best of our knowledge, I don't think he's running the offensive plays. So we're going to look at, an, you know, to go get an offensive coordinator. And what did the Steelers do when they got Matt Canada? They got him a quarterback that he wanted. He wanted Kenny Pickett. You know, that was a guy that he had recruited at Pitt. There was a lot of conversations between them. Um, you know, I think the first thing that Matt Canada told him was, you know, I finally get to, you know, to coach you now. You know, so they gave that offensive coordinator his quarterback. You know, I think that would probably be the best situation to do. Are you going to so bring in a new coordinator? Saying, so you're basically saying that Kenny Pickett is Matt Canada's fault also. No, I'm saying that <laughs> what I'm saying is, I mean, well, let's look at it. What, what games this year has Kenny Pickett excelled in? Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles. Are those inside or outside games? 
I mean, the proof is in the pudding. He plays in the north. And weather and temperature is going to be a part of it. Yesterday, he had a couple of underthrows. Was it raining? Yeah. But is it going to be raining, you know, uh, any other game this year? Probably. Pittsburgh rains a lot. Maybe not as much as Seattle or, 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 or those places, but, you know, it does. And the play is affected there. And, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, he's played 20 games. And at some point, we would have seen him elevate uh, the players around him or even the coaching or the play calls. I mean, Mr. Trubisky is going out there, throwing interceptions and taking chances. Do you really think that Coach Tomlin is putting handcuffs on the starting quarterback and telling the backup to, you know, let him hang and throw it around? I don't think so. Well, I the think only that reason he, that Pickett has been able to lead these late game comebacks, mm-hmm. uh, which he's done six times now, mm-hmm. uh, more than any other quarterback during that tenure, is because he's not throwing the ball over the field and throwing interceptions and turning the ball over. Because again, they're running a vanilla offense and he doesn't have a ton of weapons and they're not using the weapons they do have. I mean, it's it's a it's not one thing, it's everything. Right. And that offense is just really, really bad. And this mm-hmm. year, when you needed to find out what you do have in Kenny Pickett, because you're gonna have to make a tough decision after this year, I believe they can't accurate accurately make that decision because they retain Matt Canada. You know, and I, I think the Steelers are trying to see what they have in him. You know, if if you thought, and this is just me thinking out loud, if the Steelers thought he was the guy and that he was going to turn this season around and the Steelers were going to be competitive, I don't think they would be playing him in this game. The fact that they're thinking about throwing him out there leads me to believe that they really want to give him every opportunity to prove that they're probably thinking he's not the guy right now just based on what they've seen. And I don't think Pickett has put anything on tape to say otherwise outside of these fourth quarter comebacks. Yes, those are there. But, you know, football is a 60-minute game. It's not 15 minutes at the end. And, you know, I I think, did it work in the beginning of the season? Yeah. You know, you had a lot of defensive splash plays. You had a lot of things going on. But the Steelers' defense was healthy. They weren't as exhausted. They weren't tired. So they were playing at a, at, a, at, a, at the level that we expected them to play. Given how bad this offense is and how much they've been on the field and and the injuries that they've subdued, well, now, now we have what we have. But I think this year, like, just to kind of go back, they're going to play Kenny Pickett every every game. They're not going to bench him. They're not going to bring in anybody else. Even if, even if Mitch Trubisky were to start on Thursday – and he throws 340 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Kenny Pickett's going to start the following game. They need to see what they have in him. They need to give him the full season. And at that point, they'll make their decision. So, uh, you know, seeing him possibly being out there this weekend based on the fact that he has a rib injury, a short week, you know, if he's your franchise guy and, and you, your goal is to go deep into the playoffs, if you throw him out here now, you put that in jeopardy, in my opinion. What do you think? Well, like I said, to me, the, the number one objective to begin the year is to figure out what they had in Kenny Pickett because mm-hmm. it's not a championship team. Now, you'd love to make the playoffs and get some experience there, but the bottom line is it isn't nothing about Tomlin's record streak. It ain't. It's all about figuring out if you have a, co- a quarterback on his rookie contract you can spin differently in building the rest of the roster. You know, the defense, yeah, are they wore down? They have to be. But they're also got a weak secondary, very weak secondary. Patrick Peterson is a shell of his former self, cannot run anymore with mm-hmm. very good receivers. He actually got uh, he got burned yesterday by tight end. Um, we know Levi Wallace has been trash. And I'll use that word in honor of Big G, but he's been trash all season. So he mm-hmm. wasn't out there yesterday. We see what a real cornerback looks like because Joey Porter Jr. did much, much better. But yeah, I've been yeah. saying it. We've all been begging for it all year, but Tomlin wouldn't do it. And they said he ain't ready. Well, uh, whose fault's that? And, and like I said, Megan Fitzpatrick is still a great player, but he's not as effective and being able to play up to his abilities 
because of they not using him correctly because they've got two guys trying to make him one guy and because he is not a strong safety and Neil's too slow to cover anybody. The Steelers have a habit of this. They signed Mark Barron, if you remember him. Mm-hmm. Morgan Burnett. Uh, they're always getting these guys that are past their prime and bringing them in and saying they're physical. Yeah, but they can't run anymore. So I think that Omar Khan made a lot of great decisions this offseason. And, you know, not every decision works out. But whoever made the decision not to retain Terrell Edmonds, now you're seeing the cost for not doing that. I agree. I think, you know, losing Terrell Edmonds was a lot bigger of a loss than what the Pittsburgh Steelers anticipated. And, you know, for them not to even try to get him back, that was weird. You know, they the, the Eagles let him go for, I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't much. And I just didn't understand why the Steelers wouldn't, you know, make that phone call, especially having seen what was going on. You think, you think they do something before the trade deadline tomorrow, and, and, you know, for the defense? I, I'm hoping. I, I really am. I, but it's almost like – I don't know if you get the feeling. I get the feeling this year that it's ultimate Tomlin stubbornness. You know, we are going to play who we want to play, when we want to play them, and the fans' opinions do not matter. The national media, local media, everybody pointing out the same things. And he's like, nope, we're doing it when we're going to do it, when I want to do it. And it's almost as if the answers are right there, but stubbornly, they're going to stick with the same. And you change nothing and nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Well, we're going to take a quick break real fast. If you're here on the YouTube side, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere. On the audio only side, we'll be back after a few words from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And we're back. Welcome back to The Hangover. I'm Daniel alongside with me and Shannon. We're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and this frustrating Monday. Looking back at the frustrating game that was last night or yesterday afternoon, when the Steelers losing 20 to 10 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Shannon, you usually do a stock up, stock down report every every week. I'm sure that this one's going to be a lot of stock down. Uh, can you give us a little bit of the highlights of that report that's going to be coming out a little bit later on this week? 
Well, I tried to, it should be out tomorrow. And I tried to stay away from the officiating because that's been well-documented. We know how bad it is, how bad it's been this season, how bad it was last season. Um, and it really impacted the game yesterday. But the biggest impact, I believe, like I said, was Pickett getting knocked out because I think they would have been able to come back and win that game. I really do. But um, so I believe discipline, it was one of the stock down because, you know, George Pickens is on the verge. He has the talent to be a superstar and he's on the verge of being something special. If he had an offensive coordinator and a quarterback, he could get him the ball. The problem with trash talking as a wide receiver is you're not throwing yourself the football. You're not designing the game plans or calling the plays. So there needs to be some humility somewhere because when you're calling out the opposing defense and calling them a hope defense and riling them up, you're only making it worse on yourself and you're putting a big bullseye on your back. I said the same thing when Juju Smith Schuster was doing it. It's hard enough. Don't make it more difficult. You know, uh, and if you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. And yesterday he had that one catch and it was a great play and he scored a touchdown. But other than that, he can't throw it to himself. And they focused on him and they took him away. Because, hey, that's smart. Because he's their splash play guy. And teams are figuring it out. The Steelers can't run the ball consistently. They can't pass block. So if you take away George Pickens doing George Pickens stuff and making splash plays, they're pretty easy to control, right? Yeah, no, I so would agree. That, that was one of the stock down that I think that Somebody needs to tell him, you know, actually speak louder than words and just leave it at that. Um, I do think that the stock up, uh, I wrote about Joey Porter Jr. because he was what I expected. Now, he's not comfortable in zone, and you kind of seen that. The touchdown was not on him. That was on Kazee. He, he took a terrible angle and was late getting over, and then he it was toast in. Porter ran him down. He just didn't have enough real estate. Yeah. But uh, very few positives. And as you say, a, a lot of stock down. Uh, one of the biggest stock down, in my opinion, was the secondary. Mm-hmm. After Fitzpatrick went out, uh, the safety position was just atrocious. And that's why I'm really hoping that they do make a move here at the trade deadline. Yeah, you know, I do too. Um, I'm not sure, you know, what kind of move they would make, if, if any, that would make a, a huge impact. I think Minka um, is one of the few, maybe Joe Hayden, where a couple of defensive backs that the Pittsburgh Steelers acquired either in season or just before the season started that they actually put on the field right away. Majority of the uh, players that they acquire, you know, just as the season starts or during season on defense, they don't see much of the playing, you know, much playing time. Um, uh, um at all for about three or four games. So I hope it, it changes, but I'm glad you brought up the safety. How do you think if, if the Steelers don't go acquire anybody, what do you think is the best game plan to replace Mika Fitzpatrick against the uh, Tennessee Titans this, this upcoming Thursday night? I honestly don't got a lot of hope. Um, I've said before, Elijah Riley, when he had to fill in in the second half against the Browns, played a really good game. He showed closing speed, and he tackled well. And that's what Fitzpatrick's been having to do this year is close, play near the line of scrimmage, and tackle. So uh, I would like to see Elijah Riley uh, take over and fill in for Fitzpatrick if he can't go. But regardless of who you use, it's going to be a huge step down. 100%. Yeah, I don't – I don't know who they're going to play back there either. I think Elijah Riley does get a helmet this week to help out and assist. I think that um, if Levi Wallace is healthy enough uh, that he ends up probably taking the left cornerback position, I think we're going to probably see maybe perhaps Patrick Peterson playing a lot more safety in this game. Um, But the thing that worries me is that Minka, I think, was like our top tackler. (laughs) I don't think that – Yeah, yeah, I don't think that – 
Peterson's going to be able to fill in those shoes at mm. that, you know, from that aspect. So it, it's definitely going to be a safety by committee, sort of, so to speak. And I'll be honest, that really hasn't worked well for, in the past for the Steelers trying to fill in a position going by committee. So we'll see. It's going to be a um, a tough game. I mean, you know, what is his name? Uh, Will Levis. He's coming in off of a four touchdown um, outing, you know, his first you know time out there. People don't really know what he's got. They don't have any film on him. Now they do. So maybe the Steelers can find something, but it's going to be a tough game. And without Minka Fitzpatrick out there to help disguise things or put people in in position, I'm a little bit concerned. You know, I think I saw a, lot, a little bit too much of Miles Killebrew for my comfort, you know, on the defensive side this mm. past game. Uh, and you're right about, you know, the Steelers not bringing in players right away. They've done it in the past with others. You know, what do you, why do you think that they're not doing it? What's the reason to hold a Joey Porter or Keanu Benton behind or back when they're clearly playing better than the uh, the other players in their position? I really – I can't answer that. I think that at one point it was because Dick LeBeau's defense mm-hmm. uh, was more complex. As you say, even if you bring in a veteran, it takes them three or four weeks to get them up to speed where they can play him. Uh, that's why I said last week I'd like to see Darius Rush, who's a really capable press cover corner, just give you some reps and say, you know, here's Kirk or here's Ridley. Just sick him. Match him up. You know, have a safety help over the top and let him try to play some press coverage. See what you got. Get his feet wet. You know, the if you when you're switching between zone and off man, they say they play 40 some percent man coverage, but they're lined off eight yards off the line of scrimmage. That's not the man coverage I'm talking about, and it yeah. just does not work. And all offenses now are set up that if you have a good pass rush, you're playing against a good pass rush, they can get that ball out in two seconds, and they have an outlet, they have these quick passes. And teams are doing that to the Steelers like crazy. And then when the Steelers come up and they have guys like Aziz yesterday who missed multiple tackles or wasn't physical enough to keep him from getting to the sticks, you know, that, that is just an ineffective defense nowadays against modern-day offenses. So um, maybe it's a little bit of uh, personal uh, preference that Tomlin just don't like to play rookies. Uh, you know, he's had some bad experiences with the rookies they've had to start recently. Uh, you know, let's remember Kendrick Green and and <laughs> players like that. Um, so, you know, maybe he was just trying to avoid that and make sure their first taste of NFL action was successful. Right. No, I understand that. I get that. And that's a, I guess that's a good approach. It's just, you know, you get to the bye week and you think that that's the moment where, there's going to be the switch. You've these players have gotten their feet wet. There's two weeks to prepare for them as the starter, you know, go into there. I think everybody was pointing at the bye week as, all right, that's the week. Joy Porter jr. Is going to be starting. That's the week that Keanu Benton is going to be taking over for the middle. And I think because of Levi Wallace's injury, we're now seeing Joy Porter's, you know, start Roderick Jones went in because of the injury to uh, Dan Moore. Uh, he's now out, which, in my opinion, is a mistake. I mean, he was playing well. And so, you know, there's – it's just – it looks weird. The optics aren't great. It's almost like they're not trying to play their best players. And I can't understand why. But, you know, we can only control what we control, and we can only watch what we can watch. And if the Steelers don't want to play their their rookie players, and I guess we just got to, you know, hope for the best with these older guys. Uh, but what, how do you feel about the, um, the middle linebackers in this game? They kind of held Etienne to sort you know, sort of, they held, they, they contained him. I wouldn't say they held him down, but they contained him for the best, most part. Yeah. I think that was the, the biggest fear in, in this game was going to be Travis Etienne being able to run all over this defense. Mm-hmm. How do you think that the defense did when it came to stopping the run? Oh, I, I thought they did well. Um, for the most part, he's very dangerous and he's the type of speed back. It gives them fits, but mm-hmm. they really were disciplined on the edges. 
and didn't let him get outside. And they all ran to the ball. Uh, the middle linebackers that you mentioned or inside linebackers uh, were very aggressive. Holcomb and Quan Alexander, I was, and Landon Roberts. I thought they all did excellent. Um, I, I got to give credit where credit's due. Matravius Adams had a very good game against the solid offensive line, and he was very disruptive, and he didn't get blown off the ball as much. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they told him. You know, before you try to penetrate, you know, kind of on the way, make sure you're you're trying to hold up and tie up as many uh, blockers as possible. Because yesterday, I thought that Adams and Benton played a stronger game against the run. So, um, yeah, ET, um, ETN really hurt them on that pass that mm-hmm. for the touchdown. But I think they could, as you said, they didn't stop him, but they contained him. And that's a step in the right direction. Um, Most of Jacksonville's yardage, other than that one big touchdown, 56-yarder, I think it was, was hitting Kirk and Ingram anytime they were matched up with Peterson, Neal, or Kazee. Yeah. Because the linebackers were really solid in coverage. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. You know, it it seemed like Calvin Ridley was giving – the Steelers defense, the problem. And when the Steelers look to stop that problem, um, Evan Ingram came, he got the bulk of the, uh, the catches at that point, you know, it, it was just basically what the defense is doing is just, they're stopping everything, but they're leaving one person unaccounted for. And if the defense can find, or if the uh, offense can find out who it is, they're making the Steelers defense pay. You know, I don't know. I don't know how, you know, how that's going to be a winning formula for the rest of the season. But yeah, I, I, I do see that, you know, when you, you brought up Ingram, man, that guy was all over the field too, you know, especially in the second half. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was, it was unacceptable. Um, now let's talk about something that I guess, you know, a lot of people are talking about when it comes to this game and that's going to be the refs, you know, Deontay Johnson made a pretty controversial statement after the game, something to the effect that, you know, the, the refs got paid well for this week and that, you know, they just didn't want the Steelers to win. I, I'm not going to go that far, but I don't think this this game could have been called worse or, or worse than what it was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, what are your opinions on how the refs did? Well, you know, funny, Daniel, we've seen this situation before. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin, all the way back to Bill Cowher. You criticize the refs one week, and the next week, it's worse. Uh, last week, Tomlin said, you know, that that they had to, they should have got a better feel for the refs earlier in the game. He kind of put some of the lack of discipline on his receivers. He put it on to the refs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not arguing either way because they know I wasn't there. But because of that, this week, it was like seeming like every call went against the Steelers. And it was very – they even come up with some unique stuff that I'd never seen before. <laughs> that, that call on the field goal, I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see the replay, and if anything, Jacksonville was offsides. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, we're talking about the, the game, and that should have been 9-6. At halftime, and the Steelers had that momentum. Instead, they they took points away, directly away from the Steelers. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I've never seen that crew before. The the four people we've seen, the one woman ref, and mm-hmm. then the 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 head umpire, and the other two that was in every shot. It seemed like I've never seen any of them people. So I don't know if they're new. Or if they were college and now they're doing pro, or where these guys come from, but that was they were inept. I mean, bottom line, they were inept. The the obvious fumble that the Steelers recovered, everything was a review because they were missing it originally on the field. And um, but yeah, I, I agree that the 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 quality of refs. I don't know if they'd ever get a union. Everybody kept saying that it was going to go downhill if they didn't get a union. 
Well, they, they haven't been considered full time, but and it's just so, it, it, it has went downhill. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely has gone downhill. They they they're not full time, so I don't know if they did ever get a union or not. As far as who they were, I, I too have never seen them before. You know, by the sounds of it, it looks like the uh, the rain canceled some peewee football games, and they decided to use their refs because that was just horrific. <laughs> it was it was it was horrific. Um, you know. The Steelers didn't lose because of the refs, right? You know, that wasn't the reason they lost. The Steelers put themselves in position, in a bad position for the refs to make that decision or, or, or whatnot. But it when you have help. yeah, it didn't help. It yeah. definitely didn't help. You know, this team is not a team, in my opinion, that is equipped to overcome bad calls like that, and so many of them too. And, you know, it, it, it was just, it became a situation where while I was watching it, you know, especially after the field goal, I started thinking to myself, like, well, what's the spread here? Like three and a half, ain't it? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, the Steelers make that, you know, that's no longer the spread. And I, I'm not saying that any of these referees are partaking into any gambling or things of that nature. But because of the legalization of gambling and when you see plays like this, questions are going to come up, you know, I don't know if there's a remedy or something that's going to fix it. Maybe, you know, what are your thoughts on penalties being reviewable and within two minutes? Well, let's go back to the rough and the quarterback calls. Yeah. Um, Pickett, well, they get a clean shot. Neil gets a clean shot on Lawrence. Comes in, puts his helmet to the side, did not lead with his helmet, put his shoulder right into his midsection and drove him down, but did not go all on top of him. He kept his weight off of him. And I said, that was clean. That was clean. And then here comes the late penalty. Mm-hmm. Turn around and Piggy gets knocked out. Whereas the guy hits Piggy even later than after he threw the ball. Grabbed his throwing arm with this or this one hand and turned and went down on him like this on his throwing shoulder. I said, there's got to be. I run for the quarterback, but nothing. Um, so then I thought back earlier in the game, Pierre made a really good play on third down mm-hmm. on Jacksonville's first possession, and the Stewart should have been off the field. And it was so late, Pierre had done got up. He started doing a celebration. Then the penalty flag comes in. Yeah. That's what makes you wonder, Daniel, makes people doubt the integrity of these refs. Every call, when it was going to be against the Steelers, it was like three or four of them having a committee. And they stood Mm -hmm. there and talked for 30, 40, 50 seconds. And you're sitting there at home going, what the heck? Is it a foul or is it not? And, you know, it's just either they're really bad at their job, like I said, totally inept, or it's something more. But now Deontay Johnson, uh, it's going to cost him. Because the NFL don't like you being honest and calling out their <laughs> officials. <laughs> so yeah. the fine's coming. <laughs> yeah, and that's another that's a whole different topic of discussion. The fines that the Pittsburgh Steelers have been receiving. You know, Jalen Warren got hit with a uh, fifty thousand dollar fine, you know, for the game previous, Ridiculous. you know, on a block. I mean it's it's insane. It is insane. I I, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't understand what, you know, I, I get there's player safety and they're trying to help players. But if you're going to this extent, just put flags on their hip, you know, just put the Jalen flags. Warren up. is five, seven and what? 210 pounds. He was mm-hmm. blocking against the guy that was six, five or six, six and two eighty, And he come up and so naturally his helmet, you know, when he's trying to block and he sits up is going to hit the guy. But, I mean, it was like it was nothing. It yeah. ain't like he put the guy down or it was a huge collision. And the guy took off and tried to go after Pickett. And they find him, 50, like you said, 48000 or something dollars for that. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. It really is. Yeah. it's. I mean, that's that's about what he makes per game. You know, he's, yeah, not, yeah. he's not a very well-paid player. You know, not yet, at least. 
you know, I think that he will have an opportunity to get some sort of a paycheck. I don't think he's going to get a big contract or anything like that, but I think he'll get one bigger than what he has yeah, relatively yeah. soon because he was an undrafted free, uh, undrafted um, free agent. So, you know, th- those rules of four years, two years, whatever, three years don't apply to them. So yeah. they can move around freely. Anywho, um, <clears throat> what about the play where Kenny Pickett's running out of bounds, ball goes out of bounds, and then they take a 10-second runoff. Yeah. Like, that was right before, I think, the, the Kenny Pickett injury. It was on the it same was drive. right before, yeah. I, I was calling the game, so I didn't actually, like, on my other YouTube channels, I was showing the game or talking about the game. and So I had it on mute. I didn't understand what happened. Can, can you explain to everybody why there was – or do you know why there was a 10-second runoff? Well, I know there's rules about, uh, you know, when he fumbled the football – it was like a split second before his foot hit out of bounds and it mm-hmm. just come out of his hand. Cause you know, well, he had already extended the ball by the first down. Well, originally they marked him short. Mm-hmm. So when the ball come out, they don't want you fumbling the ball forward, like the Holy roller back in the seventies. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they put that rule in there, but that was definitely not what happened. He fumbled the ball and he was probably two inches from going out of bounds. Yeah. And the ball just went – it actually come back and hit him in the chest after the guy hit his arm. Uh, but he was immediately out of bounds. There was – you know, I did not understand the 10-second runoff. Um, but – so I was shocked because they screwed that up. First they said, please put 17 seconds on the play clock. Uh, and then they said something about put 18 seconds – on the uh, the uh, game clock. Yeah. And they got all confused and they had to change it. That took forever. And again, another lot of long discussion. And I think they blew that too, to be honest with you. Because I think it should have been, the, you know, after they replayed it, it should have been uh, where he had extended the ball to. It was easily a first down and leave the rest alone. But they said that where he bobbled it, they said before he left the, uh, screen and we never seen the angle right up the line yeah so i don't know he might that ball might actually been out of bounds before he actually fumbled it so i, I just thought there was a, a again another needless call yeah i don't understand how that aspect of the play is overturned you know there wasn't a an angle to show where the ball was when he when Kenny Pickett no longer had it in his possession, if it was yeah. out of bounds already, yeah. you know, does Kenny Pickett's foot have to also be touching the out of bounds line for it to be considered, you know, down? I don't I don't understand that situation in that moment, but you know, to do a 10 second runoff, and then you know the rest of sequences to have occurred, you know, the injury, and then the uh, the penalty on the on the field goal. Yeah. I mean, that was probably the worst you know, football officiating that I have seen in my, my life, to be honest, that, those series yeah. of events, um, you know, horrible, horrible series of events. Mitch Trubisky comes in in the second half. You know, if Mitch Trubisky goes in, you know, this game, how confident are you in, in this offense with Mitch Trubisky at the helm? I'm not. <laughs> well, I mean, did you see Tennessee's defense, Sonny? Yeah. Uh, Simmons, that all-pro defensive lineman, He's going to destroy the Steelers. He was he was a dominating force. Uh, he the only guy I've seen to have a game like that in defensive line this year was Chris Jones, a couple of games back. But he dominated that game and he destroyed anything that the opposition was trying to do. And I watched that and and watched his highlights, and I'm like, oh no, I do not want to see him going up against this offensive line right now. Yeah. And on top of that, with Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback, uh, and if it's Kenny Pickett, let's say Kenny tries to tough it out. I'm afraid he'll get killed. I mean, I'm afraid he'll get seriously injured. He's already dealing with this. I don't know what's going on with his ribs, but whatever it is, he don't need to take hits from Simmons. Uh, If he does, it could be bad. No, I agree. I think this is going to be a very concerning game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. You know, they're going to need all the help they can get. 
you know, uh, which is why I'll be heading out there. <laughs> I don't <laughs> say maybe, maybe I'll be the good luck they need. Uh, you know, I'll be out there for this game on, on Thursday night, hoping, you know, that something, something else changes. You know, I, I booked this trip before the last game. I'll be honest. I'm not sure I would have booked it, you know, after yeah. watching this last game. Um, but yeah, I, I have some similar concerns. You know, you put out Mitch Trubisky out there. I, I don't have any confidence in him as a professional, you know, um, football player, not even as a backup. You know, I think he plays worse coming into games that he wasn't expecting to play than, than anybody else. You know, one thing about an, you know, a backup quarterback, what they should be able to do is play efficient enough to, you know, move the ball back and forth. I've seen many, many different occasions where, you know, a starting quarterback will go down and then the backup will come in and still play well, not because that quarterback is better or as good, but because the opposite defense didn't, or the opposing defense didn't game plan for that quarterback. They game plan for the starter. And if there's some changes and, you know, different plays that one quarterback likes or dislikes, you know, I've seen it against the Steelers where a backup comes in and, they look like a starter. And so, yep. you know, um, if he can't do that, if he can't come in in a, in a pinch, then I don't, what good is he as a backup quarterback, you know? And I have no confidence in him. I'm thinking maybe with, you know, I would have been more confident if this was a regular week, you know, yeah. regular yeah. week of practice, get him in there, but in a short week, you know, being thrown in there and not really sure if he's going to be the starter because the Steelers are keeping the door open for Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, I don't think that spells good. And and to be honest, if Kenny Pickett goes out there, I don't think it's going to be, you know, much better of a performance given the fact that Tennessee does have a pass rush. Kenny Pickett mm-hmm. has some rib you know, injury. You know, we saw him on the, on the, uh, on the sideline throwing the ball. Didn't look the same. Now he's going to have a few days to 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 heal up, but you know how much really is he going to be able to heal up in you know less than four days? So it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. Um, you know, just kind of looking into the next game, just because of how close it is. What do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers need to do to win this game against the um, the Tennessee Titans? I, I when I'm making my weekly picks anymore, I always say I'm picking with my my heart, not my head, because, you know, I honestly can't see a way they can win games. They've won games that they shocked me because, as I say, it was gifted to them. They got lucky. The defense made some incredible plays and scored enough points to help the offense out to to win. But, I mean, we got to sit here and ask ourselves, what does this offense do well? Yeah, what is a play that they do really well? Uh, back shoulder throw to George Pickens. Uh, certain plays when when Warren gets the ball and they block halfway decent for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, honestly, guys, I can't I can't say that there's anything the Steelers do reliably enough that they can lean on. Um, you know, I, they have no identity. And when I'm when I'm watching the the them play, it's like, uh, what did George Pickens call Jacksonville's defense? The hope defense. Hope defense. I think that's what the Steelers do. They they hope that a guy will make a big play. They hope, but they there's no confidence in, in any of the players uh, that they seem like that. You know, hey, come to me. I got this. Um, and and, and so. Usually I say that the home team on a Thursday night has a huge advantage. Uh, and, I, and I'm hoping that that's the case this week for mm-hmm. the Steelers and maybe that the Titans will have a letdown. I'd actually like to see the Titans go back to Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Uh, uh, more than I would like to see uh, the unknown of Levis. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> you know, I, I think that the short week – is going to help the Steelers defense when it comes to, to, to Levis, if he ends up being the, the guy getting the, the nod, which, which I think he is, you know, the, he's not going to have 
as much time to prepare and to study for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So maybe they can, you know, get the best out of him. I'm a little bit concerned about the Derek, you know, Derek Henry and his running ability. Etienne was run, he runs to the outside. You know, the Steelers kryptonite has been running up the middle. Mm-hmm. And so um, they're going to have a big challenge against Derrick Henry and the Titans when it comes to that. It, it's going to be a good game, maybe a close game, hopefully. If the Steelers can keep it close and keep it their kind of game, I think they can win. But if they're expected to, you know, score, put points on the board on every other drive or every drive, um, I don't think that's going to work. No. No. So, well, you know, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Shannon, let everybody know what you got going on the rest of the week. Well, uh, like I said, uh, stock report article uh, should post in the morning. And then Wednesday night at 830, we'll have uh, our Pump Your Breaks podcast. And um, then on, we have the game on Thursday. So mm-hmm. I'll probably, we'll just to see when the random observation article gets scheduled. I'm not sure, you know, how that will fall because Friday is when it usually is. And Friday will be a lot of post-game articles and stuff. So just kind of keep your eye on for it sometime later in the week. Good deal. Good deal for me. I'm going to have the state of the Steelers podcast on the audio side only for still curtain network. It'll be airing Friday after the game. I'll be talking about the game. I'll be there at the game Thursday night. So the perspective that I'll have will be from in stadium. Uh, Don't want to miss it. If you don't want want to miss it and you want to catch it, make sure you just go to wherever you find podcasts, look up steel curtain network or Steelers and you'll find it there. Tons of content that doesn't come out on YouTube. If you're watching here, So with that being said, Shannon, Shannon, take us out.